My Friends Friends podcast. I'm one of your friends, Simone, and I live in Perugia, Italy. And I'm one of your fiends, Paris, coming to you from Würzburg, Germany. So recently, Paris and I realized that we both love celebrating moments when our friends become friends and laughing about the times when interpersonal chemistry surprised us. So a couple of times a month, we'll introduce our friends from around the world to each other Talk some nonsense and play some games and get to know one another. Prepare yourself to want to go out and make new friends or reconnect with old friends to learn about how friendship takes on a different form for all of us and to hear oodles of laughter. Hello, Simone. Hi, Paris. I missed you. It's been a while since we've uh, sat down to record. I know. I was actually just thinking that too and... It feels like a lifetime ago that we were sitting together in Perugia, which makes I me know. sad. And also not a lot of time, too, at the same time. Correct. I think I left a month ago. Really? Yeah. <laughs> the 27th is when I left. That feels strange. Mm-hmm. Well, um, we have been reading Big Friendship, mm-hmm. and I'm so excited to talk about it with you. I think the, the the funny thing too, right? Just quick, right? You bought the book, and it came two hours before I was supposed to leave Perugia, which is just like so fortuitous. I was watching, and and the delivery company was trying to deliver it the day before, and they we missed them. Yep. And then that morning, we were like, fingers crossed, they get here in the next literally ten minutes. Mm. So. To a quick question. So we're, so we're reading A Big Friendship, How mm-hmm. We Keep Each Other Close. Aminatu So and Ann Friedman from the hosts of the hit podcast Call Your Girlfriend, which I have never listened to or heard I of. No, neither of us have listened to it, but I did hear an interview with the two with the two of them. So that's why I was on a podcast. You, okay, so how is that how you found this book? Where did you cuz you yeah. bought it for us. You said Paris let's read this. And yes. so where did you find it i believe it was on their interview with sam sanders on it's been a minute with sam sanders from npr i'm not 100 percent sure of that though so mm. <laughs> um but it was definitely their interview on a podcast and when did you and, hear it or when did you find it um a couple of months ago okay. it's a new i put it on well you know finding english books in Italy is a little bit tricky, so I put, like, a notify me when this book is available notification Mm. on an Italian bookseller website, Um, and then they notified me when it was ready. So was this before we started the podcast or during? During. Okay. Yeah. No, no, just curious, just curious. Yeah, I think it was during. So, okay, so I want to, let's, let's jump in. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm so excited. I think, this was juicy. I'm so. Uh, what I wanted to do was there's, an, I don't know the correct literary terms, but there's a piece of paragraph at the beginning of the book, mm-hmm. before the table of contents, before the prologue, and after yep. the dedication. So yes, don't know what this is called, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna read it because I think it kind of sets the tone of. What this I think book that's is a about. perfect idea. Okay. So, 
big friendship is a bond of great strength, force, and significance that transcends life phases, geography, and emotional shifts. It is large in dimension, affecting most aspects of each person's life. It is full of meaning and resonance. A big friendship is reciprocal, with both parties feeling worthy of each other and willing to give of themselves in generous ways. A big friendship is active, hearty, and almost always, a big friendship is mature. Its advanced age commands respect and predicts its ability to last far into the future. I have so many thoughts already. It's so good. Okay, lay lay them out for me. Well, all right. So I highlighted transcends life phases, geography, and emotional shifts. I felt like that was so key and impactful. And I have had one friendship in particular, but a, a you know, a variety of deep friendships by this definition, because I think this is the definition that they're laying out for us mm. and setting the foundation. Um, I have had a particular deep friendship that I, I think about when I'm reading this book, mm-hmm. and it is a little bit tough because it hasn't lasted these things Mm -hmm. and I thought that it would Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it will never Mm -hmm. pick up back you know become a big friendship again but this really laid out for me why I feel certain ways about it because I'm like oh these are this is putting to words some of Mm -hmm. my feelings which feels very validating Mm -hmm. so I loved that phrase. I loved big friendship is reciprocal because I often Mm. feel, and this is something I'd love to get your take on too, I often feel let down and disappointed in friendships because I just feel like I love people so much and then for one reason or another, like, they're too busy, they're this or that, you know, and then, like, I just feel like also, a key part of my personality is wanting to feel loved and, like, needed. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes if that's not communicated, I feel sad. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that reciprocalness is very... Is just a, a little piece where I, I get a little hung up on friendships. Mm-hmm. And in, in general, I loved that people in big friendships are willing to give of themselves in generous ways, active, hearty, mature, commands respect. Like, it's almost a tree. It's almost like a living entity in itself. Mm-hmm. And um, so those were a couple, those were a couple of the things I loved from that blurb. It predicts its ability to last far into the future. This is one that I think ties in a little bit later, but is an Mm. interesting one to think about because there's like an expectation there. Yeah. An anticipation of of future assurance that you're going to be there for each other or something. And I think that's beautiful and also risky. Yeah, and I think... um... I think that that's for me in a in a like general human vein. 
we like planning the future and we think about mm-hmm. how exciting the future is, but, and perhaps, so, so I kind of argue a little bit with this last line. So predicts mm. this ability to last far into the future, because if you want to plan the future, you have to work in the present, right? Mm-hmm. And you have yeah. to be willing to accept those life phases, those changes in geography, those emotional mm-hmm. shifts, and you can't necessarily predict them, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. why if you think about any relationship, you have to be willing to grow with the person at the same time. So I think, you know, when we talked to Alana in, if you deal anything, let it be cookies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, Alana became a mother of two and in our friends group, she is, you know, one of the only people that has kids and especially Mm -hmm. because we're all spread across the country a bit and the world. And, you know, I have had to adapt to a different way of friendship, not in a bad way, not in a mm-hmm. in a good way, right? Our friendship has just morphed into something different. So if you're not willing to understand that on both sides, right, then, mm-hmm. then you never know. So so I think it's quite interesting because, you know, like you've said, you know, I've I've had friends that I thought was gonna be forever and you know, mm-hmm. we were attached at the hip and and then all of a sudden I hardly talk to them and I've put in some effort and it's just like, it's not reciprocal. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, then I'm going to let this stay here dormant. If it wants to come eventually, then fine. Yeah. But I would say that that then by their definition, their definition is saying if these things, Mm -hmm. giving yourself in generous ways, active, hardy, mature, advanced age those things are the predictors Mm -hmm. of it lasting into the future and Mm. then i would say if it's not then maybe right now it's not a big friendship this is a good point you're right yeah by their definition at least yeah well and then i think a lot of it too is if you think about your capacity for again you think about your capacity for big friendship or your capacity Mm -hmm. for love it changes as you mature as well so what you used to be giving that you know at 19 Mm -hmm. was all you could give yeah is very different to what you can give and all you can give at 30 and so yeah I, I yeah I understand that piece of it and um you know I I think that um you know similarly there are a couple of people in my life who I've had periods of time where I haven't talked to them for like Mm -hmm. a year or two years and we had a bit of a falling out and then Mm -hmm. and then similarly I just I know one of them is very specific and um we'll we'll have her on the show later and so I I I kind of want to bring this up and talk to talk with her about it so I won't yeah oh at this point we'll have already I don't know where we are anyway the point is we'll talk about it yeah (laughs) and um and then you know in another one like you say it's kind of you feel let down and disappointed. Um, and then I think as we get older and we have the language to address our needs, which I think Mm -hmm. are also still required in friendship, right? We just kind of say, Mm -hmm. Oh, we're friends. It's just going to kind of work. Like you say, if big friendship, I think some of it too is explaining your expectations so that mm-hmm. you don't have these expectations that aren't being met, but your friend doesn't know because their style of friendship, although they might have big friendships, they have them in a different way, right? Mm, yeah. It's just something that Maybe. I've been thinking about lately. So, mm-hmm. hmm. 
Anyway. Should we jump into chapter one? Yeah, let's do it. No, to the prologue. To the prologue. Should we jump into the prologue? Yeah, because it was so unexpected for me, actually. Like, yeah. The, <laughs> the start off of like, it should have been a perfect weekend. Like, our friendship was on the rocks. And I'm like, hold on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of an important context maybe to give our listeners is that these are two women who have had a deep friendship, and they have a podcast. I mean, their podcast premise strongly rests on their friendship, mm-hmm. similar to ours. Yes. And they had a very deep, big friendship, as they've laid out, and they'll get into that much more. But what they set up for us here in the prologue is that they have had a slow drifting, and it's not even a drifting they've, like, articulated or necessarily put their finger on, but they're starting to do that here, Mm. and they're starting to talk about that, and then we launch into chapter one, I think. Would you add anything? No, no, no. There's one thing that jumped out at me in the first section here that they mentioned that we're not a we're not a romantic couple or estranged family members, but the stakes were just as high for us. Mm. And they said this is in relation to, you know, we we look like we have it all, but we're miserable. We were miserable in that pretending you aren't miserable way lonely behind our respective emotional walls. And then they talk about how it's high stakes for them. And I just wrote, relationships are high stakes, especially when you're an expat. Mm. I think for me, relationships feel even more high stakes here sometimes because my circle it's a little harder to naturally widen my circle of friendships mm-hmm. meaning meaning with expats with italians whatever it just takes more work and energy so the friendships i do have are precious and when there are p- points of tension they feel more intense mm-hmm because to me, the stakes feel higher. So I don't know if you ever feel like that as an expat. Hmm. I I can't say that I've had that explicit feeling. I think yeah. that what I've been experiencing here in Germany may have tendrils of that. Mm-hmm. But I had never really thought about it in that way. Again, when I think about England, I mean, it was, yeah, I don't know. So I guess the end, no, I I. I yeah, I, I totally, I, I totally hear what you're saying, yeah. and yes, to a certain extent, like that's been my, you know, some of the the um, sadness that I've experienced here in Germany, <laughs> completely ignoring the fact of a world pandemic. I don't know if that's an oxymoron, but is that the creating the friends group that I had in in these other places has been difficult? Hmm. Hmm. But I never. I'm not so sure. I've ever thought of it as as high stakes, or or yeah. like like you're saying that. Hmm. Another one that I wanted to ask you about 
was that they mention that it's hard to find language for the difficult parts of friendship. And I think that is so insightful because we have so much language already for the difficult parts of romantic relationships. And that's kind of something they're pulling forward is, you know, friend relationships like are high stakes, like romantic relationships are high stakes or, Mm. you know, have struggles or are valuable like those other types of relationships, but we don't necessarily have the language or have the cultural norms Mm -hmm. to support that sometimes. And this, she, she talks about, for example, the frustration of giving more to a friend than they're giving back, the unbridgeable gaps in even the closest of interracial friendships, the dynamic of pushing each other away even as we're trying to reconnect, And those examples to me were very resonant, particularly the pushing each other away even as we're trying to reconnect. Mm. That feeling is very distinct to me, but I thought I would ask you a little bit because while I am married to a man who is mixed race, I don't have a ton of interracial friendships and you actually have quite a number of them Mm. Mm -hmm. and I just thought if anything popped into your head when you were reading that anything Hmm. come to mind well and this is it did pop into my mind and the the funny thing is I thought I don't really know if I have that many and perhaps shame on me (laughs) and then now when you're saying that and I think about my friends then I'm like, oh, okay, actually I do. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps that's a a byproduct of my upbringing and then being in, in Los Angeles is I have never, and I know there's a lot of discussion going on right now of this quote, the phrase of not seeing color, right? I understand that there's a lot of discussion around that sentence right now. And not to stick myself in that camp, but yeah, when, please don't. I will be not happy. If no, that no, no, no. And I'm not. And I'm not. But but I yes. truly, I th- where I grew up and the people that I grew up around, this kind of you had a diverse amount. You had diverse friendships. I did, in your life, and it was very actually. normal. Yeah. So it wasn't until I moved to places that were majority, uh seeing people who looked like myself that Mm -hmm. I actually felt uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, so the thing, so with, so within that and kind of having, having that, uh, thought in my head and then coming to this realization is I definitely have talked to my friends about, um, so definitely in Los Angeles, right? I mean, we we had conversations, um, but we it was the early 2000s, and we mostly just, to use British phrase, we took the piss with a lot of things, and it's okay. just what we did. And so I... I don't think I know that phrase. <laughs> oh, how do, I, how do I describe it? Yeah. It's basically like you're having fun with it or you're kind of messing around with somebody or you're just pulling mm. their leg kind of idea. Okay. Okay. 
yeah, it's making fun of somebody basically. Okay. And, but it's something that we all did. And then we did of ourselves as well. So, so did you get, but did you get the made fun of for any like white things or was it like your, your Asian friends getting made fun of for, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it, but this is the thing is it's, it was self deprecating, taking the piss Okay. So it wasn't like my friends were making fun of each other. It was they uh-huh. were making fun of themselves. Themselves. And okay. so that was very a young version of what we did. Of that. And okay. then now so recently, so right, two of my closest friends in England are of as we would say, right, people of color. Mm-hmm. And I this this past trip to England, I definitely asked them more in detail about their thoughts. Um, Mm -hmm. And especially, so we're all also women in engineering, which adds Mm -hmm. another additional piece of interest to it. Yes. (laughs) So again, because I'm lame, I have not felt this like unbridgeable gap in... Well, we're white. We should acknowledge that. Like our norms are the norms. Yeah. Like I think it makes sense. Yeah. So that you would go like, oh, I don't think I have felt that or thought that. I wonder if they have, like, my friends of color have, did they say anything when you asked them about? I mean, it honestly just, it just makes me upset. So, so you know, we, we talk about experiences that they've had. So um, people have said things to them walking down the street, right, that nobody would say to me because of how I look, mm-hmm. um, which is just makes me very angry. So we've talked about that type of stuff and it really just makes Mm -hmm. me angry and it makes me upset at the fact that I'm, I'm not talked to when I walk down the street or said, said, stop, stop stealing our jobs. And I'm, and I'm like, wait, hold on a minute. Yeah. (laughs) I'm the one literally with a visa here stealing your job. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And, um, so, so that, so honestly, the only thing that comes out of it is just I'm angry at the world mm-hmm. for for treating my friends this way, yeah. and perhaps that's mm-hmm. the that's the unbridgeable gap is that I will most likely not experience that type of pain. Yeah. So in that way, but I and then so that that's why I kind of go back to this thought of of not saying the quote I don't see color because that's not at all what I'm saying Mm -hmm. but to me it's just normal to have friend to be friends with anybody who you click with Mm -hmm. irregardless of Mm -hmm. (laughs) what they look like what they believe in what their sexual preference is like to me so in that way yeah I perhaps I I'm lacking the education and I don't understand the some of the gaps Well, maybe it's a good conversation for the future. Yeah, if they yeah. want to, if people want to talk about it too, right? Because I think that this is yeah. this is another thing. Is um, one of my friends who comes from the Asian continent, mm-hmm. she has said that she didn't even notice a lot of this stuff until she moved to England, mm-hmm. and that's another okay. thing of again of just this difference in like cultural appropriation and then cultural upbringing and. Granted, where she came from, women are not exactly, you know, you're, you're 20, 22 and you're married and that's kind mm-hmm. of the expectation. And 
But at the same time, you know, she did engineering. Nobody ever made her feel like she couldn't do engineering. So it's this really mm-hmm. weird trade-off that she only became aware of all this chatter around, okay, and again, I use women in engineering, until she came to the UK and she was like, what is going on? So again, so she never noticed any of this stuff until it was mm-hmm. brought to her attention. And, and maybe, arguably, we still don't necessarily think that it's the right that it's handled the right way, both of us. But um, that I found was really interesting that coming from this country where women are not exactly given a lot of rights, yet Mm -hmm. at the same time, she's like, this was never an issue. Hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. I think, so for me, again, reading the prologue was a big surprise. I was like, this book is about friendship. And then the prologue uh-huh. was like, and like I said, and our friendship was on the rocks. Yeah. And I thought that that was, so similar with this podcast, right? We're essentially putting very, it's, a, it's really weird to me sometimes when I think about it. We're putting very detailed and deep conversations out for anyone in the world to listen to, <laughs> which makes me a little bit confused because I although a lot of people might not think it I am I'm like a private person and then I'm not like I'm very much if into talking to people and saying okay Mm -hmm. this is this is my deal um Mm -hmm. but at the same time you know I don't want people to know when my birthday is yes (laughs) you know so these types of anyway so I found that putting this in the prologue of saying like mm-hmm. this is where we were and this is actually five years ago and look at where we've now come to it made it very uh human for me totally that's a great point very relatable and like you say i think especially with um media and these types of things you know they're talking about not having the language to to, to explain friendship uh, difficulties with friendship and part of that is there's no difficulty in how how a friendship breaks up right or mm-hmm. like you said or how you get it back together um so I, I just found that quite interesting and quite surprising for the for the prologue um but the other thing I wanted to say too was when you're reading that paragraph right about the frustration of the yeah this is the thing that I've also been doing a lot of exploring of right now like if you think about friendship, so we use the word relationship. When you use relationship, of course, everybody kind of puts it into a romantic sense. Romantic, yes. And I just like to think of it all as different ships. (laughs) Use the English words, right? Friendships, relationships. So this, and it's, this is also very funky. So, you know, when you read horoscopes and you're Uh like, Well, it was for this month, this time, right? I was that kid that was like, no, I believe that if you read a horoscope of 25 years ago, it applies for that day, right? So I take what, you know, the application of this. So for me reading these couple of sentences, it's it's the same thing in a relationship, like a romantic relationship, right? The frustration Mm -hmm. of giving more to your significant other than they're giving back, the unbridgeable gaps in even the closest of interracial romantic relationships and then Mm -hmm. the dynamic of pushing each other away even as you're trying to reconnect like those are very raw romantic relationship ideas Mm -hmm. and so I think that that's also the piece of this that I'm trying to rectify in my mind is the relationship between friendship and romantic relationship 
mm. and kind of how you can use the skills in one and the other and apply them to make both ships successful. Even better. Yeah. So you could take, so just as a thought, right? Mm-hmm. Taking those sentences and like, I know you're kind of thinking about it and saying that where's the language, where's the discussion, where's the, the topics of, of how we handle this as human beings today. And sometimes I would suggest taking that romantic relationship song and just substituting husband, boyfriend, girlfriend with friend. Yeah. And yeah. again, so because it's it's what you, yes, maybe the intention was this romantic relationship, but at the same time, there are so many parallels between the two. So it was just like a weird thought that was like, because I know this is something you and I have been talking about. How do I mm-hmm. handle this kind of friendship piece of it? And mm. just take what's out there substitute some words and then yeah. go with it <laughs> so, it's like i i love so there's a podcast i love called good christian fun mm-hmm. and it's mainly for ex-evangelicals mm. so people who were evangelicals and it's a comedy podcast total recommend for anybody i mean it's hilarious and their whole premise i think i might have told you about this is that they analyze culture pop culture that is made by made for made about christians Mm. and they are so funny and they play this game or have they have a bit have a joke play a game about is this song written about god or a romantic partner (laughs) because there's a lot of christian music i think especially in like the 2000s Mm. Where these bands and these people, these artists were like trying to have their feet in both camps. And, you know, I feel for them because they probably did want to write about, but like we're multifaceted people. You can have a relationship with God and you can have a relationship with a person, but a Christian label doesn't want to produce music that's not about. So then it's like, just this hilarious you listen to a song and you go what is this god or your girlfriend like (laughs) come on so (laughs) so look you can do it with ship relationship yeah well i love it i think those are great things to pull out from the chapter from the prologue so so chapter one yes the spark the spark um, the first thing that I, I loved that gave me this excited feeling was when they said, how did you two meet? When we find ourselves at a party, our favorite icebreaker is asking a pair of friends how they know each mm-hmm. other. Romantic couples are probably asked this question most often, but friendship origin stories are no less powerful. A look of excitement crosses friends' faces when they're especially pleased with their own version of events. And I just wrote, like, MFF, my friend's friends, yeah. podcast. I, I, It made me so happy because I think that is what we are trying to get at. Mm-hmm. We're trying to see people open up, see people, see differences in stories, mm-hmm. um, you know, just... She goes on to describe finishing each other's sentences, talking about what they thought about the other person beforehand. Um, 
you know, sometimes they have it like memorized and sometimes they've never been asked that question before. And I love every single one of those instances. Mm-hmm. I, I too, and again, it's just a book that we're randomly reading and I was like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> we're on to something. Somebody else also loves this thing. Yeah. My last boyfriend, we have a, we have a, we have a great how did you two meet story, right? Yeah. And people have heard it if they've listened. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, it was just, it was so much fun to tell. And it was also, again, like you say, it's really interesting to hear different perspectives and like what one person noticed versus what the other person noticed. Mm-hmm. And when I was reading this section, I thought, you know, when I have talked about meeting friends. So Alana and I had talked about in the past what we thought of one another, right? Mm-hmm. And we I know we mentioned it on on the episode. Yes. But you guys thought the other one was intimidating and too cool. Well, not intimidating, just that they were they were too cool. Okay. So we, okay. Not, not, Fair enough. Yeah. Um but we did actually talk about this later, right? Much later. So the on the podcast yeah. was not the first time that we've discussed that. And yeah. right, like you're saying, that revelation in our friendship of like, oh, that's what you thought and this is what I thought and this is how we met mm-hmm. I mean, that was a really I we both just I don't I, I distinctly remember having the conversation. And yeah. so then I thought, oh, how many of my other friends have I not discuss this with because it, it just ended up being such a fun conversation that takes you yeah. back to the beginning of the friendship it kind of makes it nostalgic and then you you know I think we ended up talking about some of our high school experiences and mm-hmm. yeah so and then I was on the phone with another friend this week who he'll be on the podcast at some point too and we just we were kind of talking about things and somehow we started talking about how we met or whatever and I was like mm-hmm. no <laughs> shut up don't, t- don't don't talk about it now. Save it for later. Save it for later because we're so close. We're we're crazy people now. We're not letting friends talk about certain subjects <laughs> yeah. because we want them to talk yeah. about them when they are being recorded. <laughs> exactly. We've become those people. So so I I very much like you said this was a very reflective point for me. So back to you then on that have you other than now doing this on the podcast, had you ever thought about this kind of thing with people or with your friends? Yeah, or? I mean, I, I realize I'm maybe I'm, what do you call it when you put your own feelings on somebody else and you... Projecting. Projecting. I Maybe I'm, I, I realize that I may be projecting intimidating onto you. Mm. Not because I was intimidated by you, but it did remind me when I said that of a particular friendship that I did have uh. where we both felt intimidated by each other. Okay. The way we met was through our college council in university, Mm -hmm. and she ended up becoming the president, and I ended up becoming the vice president. And she and I, through that, those roles, we had to interact a good bit. Turned out she was a super lovely, super, you know, caring, like, sweet, you know, confident person who you know, I ended up getting along, we ended up getting along great. And for some reason, our previous interactions had, you know, I had felt a little intimidated. And she confessed, I think, that she had also felt that about me for some reason. And we just had a laugh about it, you know, after after bringing it up. And I think about that one from time to time. Well, this is... I miss her. Like, not meant in any 
not in any mean way, but I'm, I can't yeah. imagine you being intimidating because you're just yeah. such a open and wonderful. Oh, thanks. you know, like, so the, the idea that yeah. somebody found you intimidating, I'm like, Oh, am I? I could see it maybe in group situations mm. where I'm so extroverted. I have lots of energy. Got it. I'm not, you know, nervous about, <laughs> I love attention as we've talked mm-hmm. about, you know, so I could see maybe people who don't like, who aren't wired that way going like, oh, this person is. No, it's true. Not how I am. And Very true. that's intimidating. I mean, yeah. not that I feel like I'm. <laughs> worthy of that necessarily but yeah anyways no it's 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 interesting so so the piece that i underlined in this Mm -hmm. book so i i was reading i walked to the it's one of one of my skills reading and walking because i was such a bookworm as a kid um so funny reading and walking i perfected the skill some people do this a lot i think but it's a rare a rare occurrence. Well, I just never wanted to put my book down as a kid. And of course, yeah. you can't be left alone as a child. So I would take mm-hmm. the book on errands and such. So I read the Harry Potter books while I would do chores. I would be like reading and making my bed because I couldn't put them down. <laughs> that is, okay, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so I was reading and walking to the grocery store. And I stopped like partway before and pulled a pencil out of my backpack and underlined this line (laughs) okay tell me what it is i have to know so similar to this uh how did you two meet so the 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 line here is behind every meet cute is an emotional origin story one that answers a deeper question not how did you two meet but why did you become so deeply embedded in each other's lives and that and they they continue to explore that in the book. I have that I have that highlighted as well. I figured you might have. That was so good. And I think that this is a question we should imbue into the show as Ooh, well. I love that. However, I'm pretty sure that we will never get to the second half of the the games or anything like that. But so so what I was and and so they continue to they then continue to discuss right place, right time. You know, again, this kind of situational thing that throws you together. So mm-hmm. maybe if they had met two years prior or two years early, it wouldn't have worked out. And I think that that's also a very a serendipitous type thing. And then also what we think about, again, in any sort of ship, we, we think mm-hmm. about where you are in your life when you meet that person. And maybe if you meet them two years late. So this was, again, they, they continued to kind of dive into why they became so embedded mm-hmm. in each other's lives but this concept of reflecting on your different relationships and your different friendships and how you ended up becoming so embedded in each other's lives i i really liked that and then i continued mm-hmm. to just think about it with some of the friends that i've that i've spoken to over the past week um mm-hmm. and not necessarily talking to them about this question, but just thinking about it and reflecting on it when I've been talking with them. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've really, really enjoyed that. This kind of what, is there a common theme? Is there something that we share? Is it again, like you said, it, is it, I was in a specific situation where that friendship, I like, I, I have, what did you say before about being an expat and friends? 
Um, that they're higher stakes. Higher stakes, right? That, that that was a higher, that again, maybe perhaps it was a higher stakes friendship or, so, mm-hmm. and anyway, that was, so that was my, those are my thoughts on that. And I, I love this, like, I am not a write in your book type of person. And I was like, well, this is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> this is happening. It's so good. <sighs> I completely agree. That one was profound to me. How come? Well, I I circled the words how and why mm. because it goes beyond the superficial and dives into what about the other person drew you to them or um, I think you could kind of jump up to the top of that page. She says, we didn't just meet each other that night. We began the process of making each other into the mm. people we are today. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, damn, next to it. <laughs> so that, to me, kind of kind of links together. Uh, just a paragraph down, I also highlighted, we are all thoroughly shaped by the people we know and love. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then at the very end, we found someone who already understood who we wanted to be mm. in the future, if you think about that. Mm-hmm. So... I just thought that all those linked together to be this deep knowledge, this deep, um, like they said, deeply embedded in each other's lives, in each other's sense of self, potentially, mm-hmm. um, in a beautiful way, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. So. And, you know, there's that, what were we told as kids in school that... <laughs> Charlemagne wasn't the smartest of kings, but he surrounded himself with smart people. <laughs> smart people. I don't know, something like that or whatever. Yeah. The third grade. And yeah. you know, this is this is I, I do really like this idea and acknowledgement that the people we spend the time the, the people that we spend the time the words people that we spend the most time around, right, really influence mm-hmm. us. And it's kind of fun to see when that happens. Yeah. Um, so one of my friends, so I like to say, <laughs> it's such a bad phrase. What the crap? This is a very <laughs> Paris phrase. I don't know where it came from. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, yeah. So I say, what? It's in your, it's in your lexicon. It is. And it's like the one slightly bad word that I say, right? Oh, goodness. Crap. You're, I know. And... Such a potty mouth over there. <laughs> and so um, one of my friends in England, she, you know, she said it at one point. She's like, I'm spending too much time with you, right? And I just thought it was really yeah. cute. When you start adopting little... Yeah, little mannerisms. Things, mannerisms, yeah. yes. Um, and then to take this to a sad turn... Mm-hmm. It's also then really, really hard when you still have those mannerisms and that yes. person is no longer in your life. Absolutely. I've definitely had this in friendships, but for me, I think it's actually been more in romantic relationships. Sure. Where you kind of, I mean, there are just certain games we would play or certain words that we would say. Mm-hmm. I remember with, this sounds so silly, right? With one of my ex-boyfriends, we would, the feetsies, we would just call them our feetsies. Yeah. And then the next time I use that word, like I'm not with that person, I'm like, hmm. 
then maybe I'm gonna... I don't know if I'm gonna keep using that yeah, yeah. and and so so part of it and of course there's there's nothing that says you can't continue to use that word and then it becomes kind of a part of you but then at some point I I have found because I'm my and probably everybody's like this but I'm so vivid memory oriented mm-hmm. that I just have to stop because then I just yeah. get too sad. <laughs> um, yeah. Then the other thing that I find that's quite interesting. So, um, so Fraser, she's she'll be on. Fraser and I have known each other for uh, twenty seven years this year, mm-hmm. and similar to like your siblings when you just grow up with these things. There are things that Fraser and I say to each other that if I tried saying it to someone else, they no, would no, just no. think. Paris, I thought you were crazy. Now I just know you truly are yeah. insane. You're just, you have your own language, yes. your own friend language. Yeah. And so yeah. I really, again, this when I, that's what I was thinking about. This was the the fun piece of this, like these little mm-hmm. personalities that you, you end up, that form your personality. And I, and I quite, yeah. I quite liked that. So I do. I like that. There's a, there's a section a little bit ahead mm-hmm. that, they talk a little bit about the formation of their friendship when it formed the phase of life that you mm-hmm. might be in when you're forming friendships. They said, it's no coincidence that we met in what was still technically prime time for friend making, mm. our 20s. Mm-hmm. I said, sad. Sad. Then they said, I said sad because it implies that after uh. your 20s, it's harder to make friends, which we have talked about mm-hmm. and is also a reality of life. But I feel like maybe that norm needs to be broken. Doesn't have to be there. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It, yeah. I, I have as an I know we've talked a little bit about, you know, living in another place, but because friendships are a little bit tougher for me to grasp onto here. I literally tell myself every time I'm out doing errands, going to an appointment, anything, I just say every interaction is a re- is an opportunity for a friendship. Mm-hmm. Every interaction is an opportunity for a friendship. And I tell myself that repeatedly. Yeah. And um, so maybe we, we should adjust that to be every age is a possibility. <laughs> there's possibility to make a friendship. Make a deep friendship, even. Yeah, and and I, I um, totally, totally agree with you. So if I think about yeah. um, just two kind of things that came to mind, right? So I do this outdoor workout in the park here. Mm-hmm. And similar to you, because I'm still new, I'm still nervous with my German, right? I'm very mm-hmm. much a bit of a shell of who I normally am, right? Mm-hmm. I, I for. I guarantee I would know somebody else's name by the yeah. time I was in this. So um, last night, I there was a guy, and I knew he kind of walked in the same direction as me. And similar to, I'm like, I, anybody that I, like, I try to talk to anybody during this thing, maybe they'll want to be my friend. Maybe like, they'll like <laughs> yeah. me. Maybe they want to be my friend. Yeah, and like, I, so, you know, I, I hurt my finger last night, right? Mm-hmm. And it was actually really, I was doing this, and I, and I was just sitting there, like, kind of looking at my hand. And this mm-hmm. this woman who I had never seen there before, actually, she asked me, oh, did you hurt yourself? Like, you know, are mm-hmm. you okay? And I was like, oh, yeah. And, and so that was, I was, like, surprised, right? Yeah. And, um, and, so, and so similar to this guy, I saw him last week just kind of walk in the same general direction as me. He, he, I, I turned left very quickly, but, um, last night 
instead of going the shorter route, I just made the decision to just walk with him for whatever it was, a minute mm-hmm. and a half. For a block or something. And it was just a nice interaction, right? Again, like the same thing. I'm like, any opportunity is one, practice the German. And two, okay, let me rephrase this. One, make a friend. Two, practice the German. That's really <laughs> the the order of importance. Yeah. So it's, um, I, I completely agree with you. And I think um, another one of my friends, you know, so I have a group of friends who are about 10 years older than me. Mm-hmm. And so when we formed friendships, I was in my early 20s. They were in their mm-hmm. early 30s. And mm-hmm. one of them, we have an even deeper friendship now, probably eight years later. So, right, so I'm 31, so she's in her early 40s. And that deep friendship, and um, which I'm pretty sure I would qualify as a big friendship, yeah, okay. um, has really grown right in my 30s and her 40s and so Mm -hmm. that that just popped to my mind too where yes of course the 20s you're you're in a lot of positions where you're with groups of people who are in the same phase Mm -hmm. of life as you etc but I completely agree with you any any interaction is an opportunity to make a friend (laughs) it is it sounds so cheesy but I mean it with all of my being I'm just a big old cheese ball over here yeah and I, <laughs> that's why we like you. You make up for yeah. my non-cheeseness. <laughs> yeah. I had another thing that um, sparked a thought for me. They say, looking to befriend people who are also searching for something has always panned out better for us than trying to wedge our way into an existing tight-knit group or onto the mm. calendar of somebody with long-established social ties in the area. Mm-hmm. And... This is part of the reason why expats, I think, are attracted to each other because we don't have huge established networks already. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's very interesting. But I also experienced this when um, one of my big friendship friends moved away and I was actively trying to reach out to people who were still in my area so that I could still Mm -hmm. spend time with with friends and I did find a couple of friends that I just felt like I just clicked with I had that spark that excitement but their lives were too full already and so we couldn't Mm. just get deep and spend that time you know and I know Mm. that depth isn't always connected to time but I'm time spent so I do that is a big key part of Mm. my friendships you know Mm -hmm. so I could mm-hmm. relate to that. It was very resonant with yeah. me. No, I, I agree. And again, kind of bringing this to my experience. And I think that mm-hmm. this is something that a lot of a lot of Germans say of themselves is that they, they plan things, right? So if you, if you meet somebody and you want to do something with them, you need to wait you like plan three something. weeks because they have plans. Yeah. And this too, I think that there's... There's also this kind of it doesn't it's not always the case, right? I think that our friendship is a really good example of that. That you can you can be light friends and like maybe not necessarily see each other and, and then mm-hmm. things can develop. But I think similarly a lot of it is that like that first month, right? When you think about like 
newly yes. elected officials. Like the first hundred days, right? It's how does they that, talk about this? They do talk yes. about this in the book, yeah. Of how the fact that they made plans to see each other and then continued to see each other, um, and I think that that's also another key point in any ship, right? Fringe, so yeah, ship, mm-hmm. yeah. Two other things mm-hmm. that I wanted to talk to you about is on page 18, mm-hmm. they say the uncertainty, they're, they're talking about when you're first meeting somebody yes, and you are thinking through, not even all the time consciously, I think this is more subconscious, mm. but you're basically thinking there there's there's an uncertainty of not only will they like me but will they like me in the exact same way that I want <laughs> and i wrote next to that what do i want i don't i don't know that i can articulate that mm-hmm. super well cuz as mm-hmm. we talked about i'm not a super introspective person mm-hmm. but i think i probably know when it's not happening <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah 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 Huh. huh. Like, will we align? This is something most of us feel at a moment of spark. Hmm. We we want this other person to like us back in the same way, in the same amount that we like them. Which, again, could translate yep. to other types of relationships. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was very, very interesting. It made me think. I don't have an answer. But no, it's... it just made me think. And I... And I Again, this is what I love about people being different. So I'm just because of the place that I'm in in my life, I'm definitely reading this book as a friendship book, but I feel like a Mm -hmm. lot of the things, because like I've already explained, to me, they're very intersectional, right? The romantic relationship and the friendship. Yep. And perhaps that's also how I view my romantic relationships is that I know I wrote down some when I was a a young lass um, that I wanted my partner to be a really good friend first before mm-hmm. I dated them. And yeah. so that's also something that's in the back of my mind. But, you know, when I'm reading this too, my mind is going to a bit of the romantic side going, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's also what I want. I want, and I, for some reason for, so for me, I don't necessarily know that I've, had these conscientious thoughts when like being friends with people, because I, as we've discussed too, I'm very much a, not in a bad way, but a take it or leave it type of person. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, you're very secure in yourself. That's yes. So I like who I am and if mm-hmm. they, and if it's just not compatible, then it's just not compatible. Right. So, yeah. I mean, yes, there's of course that thought of like, Ooh, I hope that they, they hope, like, I'm really excited about them. I hope they're really excited about me too, right? So I definitely feel that way because, like you said, you want that kind of reciprocal energy mm-hmm. and yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is a very, uh, you know, I guess if I think about it, the exact same way that I want is I just want them to 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 want to be around me. Yeah. And taking that even further, they say... It's worth noting that what people want from a relationship can evolve over time, Mm -hmm. past the moment of spark. This is how you get friends who used to be lovers and lovers who used to be friends. Yep. I wrote, does this happen for me? Referring Mm -hmm. to the first sentence. It must. 
And then the second sentence I wrote, I think it happens less for me. (laughs) (laughs) So Mm. I, so something about me is that I have a hard time with change in general, but Mm -hmm. specifically that also applies to relationships changing for me. Mm. And so I was like, huh, I have to be okay. Like, yeah, like things, I'm okay with things changing over time in a relationship, right? And then, like, mm. pretty much the next sentence, I was like, no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I think uh, that's a point of growth for me, of needing uh. to grow. But I am not friends with exes, and you are, and at least some of your exes, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Again, it kind of goes along with. You have to think that most people agree with this, and it's an it's an understanding, and maybe it's not acted out as well as it should be. But this kind of idea of growing with people, right? You're not going to be. I I definitely think that I'm fundamentally the same person that I was ten years ago. I don't think that Mm. I've changed that much. Mm-hmm. But I definitely know, of course, certain things have changed. And if people don't come yeah. along that journey with you, then they're going to mm-hmm. get lost. And so I think that that's that that sentence that you've mentioned. It's worth noting that what people want from a relationship can evolve over time past the moment of spark. That to me is also the real key in the mm-hmm. in the development. Longevity. And, yeah, the longevity, yeah. the deepening, etc. Um, and understanding that and being aware of it is then like you said what it leads to how you have friends who used to be lovers and lovers who used to be friends I did connect that to at least at the minimum my marriage Mm -hmm. because we were friends for a long time but I would say I knew very early on in the friendship that I had romantic feelings that doesn't mean I acted on them or felt any need or pressure Mm. to to initiate that um because I was very happy also just being friends yes even if I also had this shade of romantic feeling mm-hmm. you know yeah because that's the um, other thing is that piece can also evolve right it gets that yeah. initial spark that yeah and so no it, it is quite interesting I'm, I'm I'm definitely not friends with all of my exes exes I'm just yeah. trying to decide but there are definitely lovers lover yeah lovers to me lovers just sounds like I mean, it's a it great sounds word. A little, it sounds a little scandalous. It does. It sounds a little I sexy. love it. We should start using it. So sexy. Uh, so, um, uh. but it is, it is, again, it's very interesting because if I think about one of my exes, right, we broke up and then we didn't really talk for two years. And then I happened to come back mm-hmm. to LA and we, we just connected and then continued to maintain a friendship for another solid I don't know, three or four years. Mm-hmm. And then, and then have kind of fallen by the wayside again. It yeah. wasn't a, a let's talk all the time type of friendship, but it was certainly one of those pick up where you left off type of friendships. Mm-hmm. And I know that even though I have not talked to him in quite a few years at this point, I know that I could call him up and have a chat and it would be completely 100% normal. And, mm-hmm. and we, I, I have to assume. I mean, I would enjoy it. Um, I have to assume that he might enjoy it too. And again, I know there's a difference between what we're talking about friendship versus big friendship. Like I, I do understand there might be a yeah, difference there. Yeah, that's a good thing to remind yeah. us yeah. of. One final thing that was on the last page of the chapter. Mm-hmm. They're talking about how culturally, I think, but deep down they say... 
We knew that we could let our friendships slide in order to bolster the other areas of our lives. Friends are expected to be forgiving of this kind of neglect. Mm. And they give a couple of examples Mm -hmm. of canceling or just spending, you know, significantly less time with somebody for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Then they say, it's okay. Your friends will understand why you had to cancel on them. And they're not saying that it actually is okay. They're just saying that this is the cultural norm. Yeah. Um, and I wrote, I hate this expectation yes. and I hate being canceled on. I am willing to put in the work, mm-hmm. meaning put in the work to friendships when I have big things going on. Of course, like we've talked about, that can look differently in different seasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They talk in these, I think it's this first chapter about how, you know, they made lots of plans that was their love language. Mm-hmm. The planning was the love language, and I was like, oh my gosh, as much as I say that it's so much healthier for me to be here in a culture where planning is not the norm, I just feel hurt when people cancel plans on me. Mm. And once in a while, totally get it, but if it's kind of a pattern, Mm -hmm. then I'm just like, don't you value me? Don't you care about me? You know, I like get all caught up in my feelings. Yeah, yeah. And and I think we wouldn't do that to our romantic partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. No. It's a- I completely agree. And I have actually a lot of shame in myself associated no. with this sentence. No, and it's a good... <laughs> Is a good way. It's a good no. shame. <laughs> it's a good shame in the fact of acknowledging it and mm. recognizing it and being like, you've got to be better. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. There's one there's one specific thing that comes to mind. And again, it was a long time ago. And mm-hmm. when I was in high school, um, you know, I had on Fridays. Friday and Saturday, so I was a senior in high school, right? So my last year of high school, I was dating my ex-boyfriend and I only, that was, you know, I went to school during the day and he worked and Friday nights and Saturdays and Saturday nights were like the time that we got to spend with each other. Mm -hmm. And so I just remember we were driving somewhere. We were not close to home Mm -hmm. um, and my friend called me and she was very upset and I now looking back on it I I just she needed me right she Mm -hmm. needed me and I basically blew her off Mm -hmm. because I was with my boyfriend and this was like the only time that we really had together and we were I mean again it's not like it still would have taken some time to get there but whatever I mean stupid now now I would drop a hat right yeah drop at a hat and and I have a lot of (laughs) <laughs> I would try to drop a hat. Um, yeah. So I have a lot of shame on that on that night, and I have no mm-hmm. idea if she even remembers it, right? Yeah. But that was it a stuck with it. You. Really did, and and I have and <clears throat> I've continued to do that in my life. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a one time thing, and it sure. it is a really you know like we were talking about with Alana having kids and this type of thing, right? Like you said, there are certain seasons when you just have to go. All right, this is how it's going to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um. It is really weird that we put these possible, like, 
again, I, I'm just thinking, I don't know, like long hours for a promotion, like can't hang out after work. You know, it's to me, that's for some reason a little bit more acceptable <laughs> than. <laughs> well, you, have, yeah. I mean, for you in particular too, I think you're, you've put in a ton of work into your profession, into your career. Mm. I think it makes sense for you especially that that one would be like, well, yeah, you know, sometimes I do need to, which I think that that when it is like a shorter thing Mm. and when there is like a, it's not for everything, I'm not going to blow you off, you know, I'm not going to make it a pattern, Mm. but for this month or something, I'm, go for it. No, and you talk about it. Yeah. Like, so... This is a great example, right? It's an awareness. Yes. And so, right, you and I chat pretty much every day. Yeah. When I was traveling, Mm -hmm. I don't have that because because I'm spending time with people and I just say, you know, I miss you and I mean it, right? I miss you. I'm sorry I'm not as active as soon as I get back. Like, well, it'll be more normal, right? Yeah. Because I want. And I totally get that. A hundred percent. There's no part of me that's going. Paris isn't talking to me while she's on vacation. I mean, even though it's not vacation because she's still working mm. or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. that is totally not what my brain is doing. Yeah. But part of it is that communication piece of it, right? The expectation. communication. Or, or, yeah, like right now I'm working a lot more hours mm-hmm. than I normally work, so which I'm so thankful for and I'm loving it, so excited. Mm-hmm. But I do have to say to friends a little bit like, oh, I'm just a little bit less available right now. Yeah. And I did get it. Yeah. And it's not like I'm saying I can't ever see you or I'm canceling last minute on a regular basis or anything like that. It's the communication, just like you said. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, I know you have to go to work. I do. <laughs> I'm going to go to work now. I'm so excited about it. I have so much to do. I'm excited for it. Thank you. you so much for talking about this. I love this book. I am. So <laughs> I had to stop myself. Because <laughs> you wanted to keep reading. Yeah, because the problem is I'll read it. I mean, I can just reread it again, but I, I wanted Yuck. to do it with you. So I'm I'm being controlled or something like that so good job anyhow all right well Mm. enjoy your friday and let's tell our listeners where they can find the pod yes i'm getting better at this do you want to do it i think i did it last time i think you've done it most of the times you can do it okay so you can find my friends friends on anywhere that you get your podcasts and if you can't please let us know simone is a whiz she'll hook us up uh, we can also find us at myfriendsfriendspod.com, our website. You can email us love letters. And as I've said, we take hate mail as well. I will read Paris it. Paris reads the hate yes. mail. I'll read the love letters. <laughs> at <laughs> myfriendsfriendspod at gmail.com. And of course, our Instagram account, myfriendsfriendspod, is our handle there where We've been doing a lot of sharing lately, so yeah, come find out. We're having out. fun on Instagram. Come play. And come subscribe, you guys. We want to make sure that we're getting in your feeds, so let us know if you have any problems at all. There are links to Spotify on our website, so if you like listening on Spotify, do that and then follow or save or whatever the, the thing is for that. And we're so excited to keep reading this book together. Absolutely. All right. Yay. I'll talk okay, to you later. Bye. bye.